You're listening to KVMR-FM, Nevada City. I'm Mary St. Mary. This is the Underground Sound. And tonight, I'm super happy to have Steve DePace from Flipper as a guest on my show. They're doing, uh, if you don't know who Flipper is, well, let me tell you. They're doing a 40th anniversary tour at the moment as we speak. They're going to be in our neck of the woods, sort of. I mean, Sacramento is the closest town to go see them at the Blue Lamp. Is it Friday or Saturday? Friday night? It's it's Friday night. It's Friday the 12th. And um, it's a different lineup. I go way back. We go way back. Um, And uh, Steve was in another fantastic band, uh, Negative Trend, with Will Shatter. And, uh, you know, I play Meat House all the time. That's still one of my all-time favorite songs. And, oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Flipper was, uh, Ricky Williams was the first singer. Um, and he right. the name came because he had all his pets named Flipper. And then right. that didn't really work out. And so it was um, you and, and Will and Ted. And then Bruce was so obnoxious or charming or both that he became the singer and bass Bruce player. Luce. Bruce Luce, right. my ex-husband. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. You <laughs> married that guy? No. <laughs> you know, that rarely, no com- that rarely comes up in conversation. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, he kind of uh, cornered me. I was pregnant. I was up in the country. And then he cried. And then his mom cried. And so I said yes. But um, we had a kid. And the kid um, is great. And he was uh, the cover of Sex Bomb. Everybody thinks he's Sex Bomb Baby, the baby. Um, he may be more infamous than the Nirvana baby, but in some circles, because obviously you guys inspired Nirvana. You inspired a whole bunch of people. And for San Francisco, um, Flipper had a new, it was a very different vibe in the punk scene, very original, uh, very slow. And um, there was a core, the family, you know, that really were f- hardcore flipper but a lot of people would leave I, I in fact i think it was the intention to drive everybody out of the room like let's see if we can clear the room a whole set with 15 minute i don't know what so um but the songs were so great the lyrics very good the art for the covers which is t- all ted um were fantastic um and uh you guys did a lot of touring subterranean put out uh generic and um gone fishing and some singles and as a result you guys toured and then er everybody became a baby and somebody would leave and then another one would leave but you always managed to keep it going and i gotta give you hats off for that steve and i mean Come on, 40 years down the line, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and people uh, are really, uh, who get Flipper and love Flipper, really, really, really love Flipper. And you know what's up? You know what's great, Mary, is like, uh, uh, so far, um, all these shows we've been doing, uh, we, we kicked it off in April in Southern California, and we've been bouncing around the country, doing different parts of the country. Uh-huh. And um, but everywhere we've played so far, every single show, 
there's been a ton of people who have never had the opportunity to see us before. Right. And the, yeah, you know, the they, youngers. Be, they became, yeah, they became fans sort of during our, any one of our long hiatuses right. or we never made it to their town or whatever the reason is. But the people, the fans, the, the people that are coming to the shows are are so incredibly grateful yeah. to us for finally coming to their town right. or they finally they're finally getting the opportunity to see us. Right. Um everybody's so into it and everybody's so enthusiastic and there's so much great energy in the room everywhere we play. Oh, uh, that is so fabulous. We, yeah, we just had this incredible experience in St. Louis just uh, a week or two ago. Um this kid who appears to be about maybe twelve. Oh, the cer- uh, cerebral palsy kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got cerebral palsy. He flippers his favorite band. He's about twelve years old. Oh. I don't know how he how he discovered us. Maybe through parents his mom or, or something, or yeah. uncles or aunts or somebody. Yeah. Okay. And his favorite song is "Way of the World." He completely awesome. connects to that song. Oh my goodness. And he posted a video of of him, like, uh, you know, trying to sing along to the song and uh-huh. dancing and bouncing around in his room and stuff. Right. And he, he posted that the day of our show in St. Louis. And lo and behold, him and his mom showed up. to the They came to the show. I, I walked out of the club after sound check, and I saw him and his mom standing outside the club, like, early. Um, and he was in a wheelchair. And... You know, they came into the show, and when we started playing, that kid had the biggest smile on his face I've ever seen on a kid. He was just the happiest he's ever been. And uh, I hope he was on stage started, singing. This this was really moving. Like, when we started doing uh, Way of the World, he got up out of his wheelchair, came up onto the stage, took center stage, grabbed the mic, and started, you know attempting to sing. I mean, he couldn't really sing. He can't really talk. He communicates with, uh, like an iPad kind of a thing with, it's got little, it's got little boxes on it with phrases. Ah, and words this is on like it. breaking my heart, but in a yeah, good way. It was, it, it was incredible. He stole the hearts of everyone. He stole the whole show. And, um, so he sang along and danced around and smiled and laughed to, um, way of the world. And then he stayed up and we did shine after that. And then uh, he, you know, he had his mom had to come drag him off the stage. He was just having the time of his life. And um, oh, what the beauty! One of the beautiful things, because he couldn't really sing, but he was really, you know, he was in his mind, his heart, and his mind. He was singing. Right. Um, the whole entire audience sang along to what they all sang the lyrics uh-huh. to "Way of the World." It was like absolutely incredible, and um, that was really moving. I just got the chills. Blown away, yeah, we were blown away, and um, the fact that we could inspire someone like that. uh, Well, you always have, but it's it's. But remember what Will used to say: "Do it for the kids." That was like the the thing. It was like do it for the kids because. Even, you know, around the whole scene, people got burnt out with just like, you know, you get your heart breaks how 
other musicians treat you, how labels treat you. You know, the music business is rough. Um, and as right. in, as inspiring and as wonderful as uh, punk was, uh, you know, a lot of us. Uh, uh, who who might have had a hedonistic side or a self-destructive side things get get really nuts and you kind of lose your your way a bit unless you go out and travel into the world and the one thing about certain bands if you do not tour they're not going to know you and and I, I, I mean They'll know you from your records. And I have to tell you something. Biafra came up here. Biafra, the DKs, they really crossed over. I mean, anywhere you go, you say Dead Kennedys. Flipper yeah. is more of a niche. It's a it's a real, yeah. it's a real, like you meet a Flipper fan, it's pretty hardcore. And oh, you have a new record with the Melvins? Yeah, we did a uh, recording project. Ted and I did a recording project with uh, Dale and Buzz. Um, it oh my god it came out so good uh is it available it's a 10 inch yeah um it's going to be available very limited edition but uh yes um it's a 10 inch vinyl ep with four songs on it and there's also a cd version of it is there and, a digital um, download that comes with the vinyl well no but i think in the right now no right now it's a super super limited edition okay uh very 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 limited but later on it came out on amphetamine reptile it was um really really cool and uh event however down the line we talked about down the line you know there it will be we will make it more widely available so i have a i have a good surprise for you what's that Okay, so I'm gonna come on um, Friday, right? And I and I haven't been coming out. I don't go to Sacra. I've really been hermiting and dealing with my own stuff. I have a new record out with Monty Kazaza, who came up here. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember when we were at the library and and you said, Mary, who's this guy? It was one of those. Uh, punk things. I think maybe it was Ruby's thing. I can't remember. It was a, or a film or something. Be all the revival stuff. But um, oh, there was a, at the SF library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was wearing this costume, like some ribs. And you're like, you just were so funny. You're like, you. I think you were like brotherly towards me. You're like, who's this guy? Is he bugging you? And I'm like, oh, no, this is sort of a new romance. Oh, uh, I didn't know he liked me from before. That's uh -huh. All that stuff is really fun <laughs> right. to finding out who uh, who had a crush on you from way back anyway. But he goes way back with Ted. So we have a new record out, which I'm going to bring to give to you. But oh, awesome. the guy, yeah, we got funded. And the guy that, um, and Monty's an electronic musician. And I'm doing a, a song, I Fight Like a Girl, whatever. But it's vinyl. I love putting out vinyl still. And the guy that re we recorded with, his name is Tim Green. He has a studio called Louder Studios, and he was in San Francisco for many years, and he uh, recorded and produced numerous Melvin's record albums. Oh, okay. And he's a huge Flipper fan. So... Cool. Yes. Very cool. Well, there's something else as well, too, I need to mention. You just talked about the uh, the current version of the band, uh, the current lineup. Um, a, I would agree with you. It's really fun. And this particular lineup is super just, it's, it's so positive. There's like no negativity in it. There's no issues or problems or Isn't that drama. wonderful? There's like yeah, no drama. Yeah, all that. 
Do you, you know, remember the line? I always thought you hated me or were mad at me because there was an article on Flipper and I had just come back from New York with y'all. And um, and it was like, my line was, oh my God, Flipper, they could ruin a wet dream. Because it was just like nonstop fighting. Um, Ted, Bruce, Will, I, it was bananas. And um, so Yao is an actor. I don't know. Yeah. Ted had sent me all these links. Like Ted was really excited about it, and he sent me all these links. And um, and then I saw a movie. I was at someone's house, and they had Netflix, and it's called uh, "You Don't." Be- I don't want to be in this world anymore, or something. And, right. Right. And, oh, Steve, he is excellent. I didn't know who it was, and I was like, "Who is nailing that?" Yeah. Meth smoking. He's, great. he's done. <laughs> he's done a bunch of films. He's done wow. a whole bunch of films. Um, a- he continues. He continues to work as an actor, and we're we're so lucky. I mean, he he says that he's honored to work with us, and we're equally honored to work with him. He's he's really great, and he's really hitting his stride with Flipper. I believe. I mean, I've been watching him all the shows that we've been doing, and he's really hitting his groove and hitting his stride. And uh, he's just man, he's so good. He's great. And like I was saying before, like all any and all of the you know, drama, negativity, whatever that used to kind of follow Flipper around. It's just gone. And we're just all having a great time and there's nothing but nothing but positive energy. Yeah. And we just, I wanted to mention too, that we just recorded one of our songs. Um, David's apparently it's David's favorite Flipper song. Um, we love Canal. We just recorded. Oh, cool. We did. We did an homage to the Beatles' uh, final performance when they did their rooftop thing at Apple Records, mm-hmm. um, nineteen whatever seventy, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we did an homage to that, and there's a label called jo- uh, Joyful Noise out of Indianapolis, and uh, they do. They've put out a lot of uh, David's solo records, and they do. Um, oh, okay. I wasn't really familiar with them, but they do a, a lot of different, really cool uh, vinyl releases. Very cool, arty. Uh, they work with the Melvins, um, and I'm I'm happy. To, now, where where are they out of? They're out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, okay, cool. And um, so we recorded. Love Canal on the rooftop. We shot video of it and recorded it, and it's going to come out on a seven-inch vinyl with a seven-inch vinyl single, and it's going to be a one-sided single. <laughs> on the flip side, it's just going to be um, uh, a silkscreen uh, image, um, and uh, you know, on one side the like song, a picture and on the other disc. Side, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So. Um, Anyway, that's going to come out, I don't know, probably two, three months from now. But um, we're still mixing it and putting it together. But anyway, um, we did that with David and Rachel and Ted and myself. And uh, and then, as you mentioned previously, we did the thing with the Melvins, Ted and I. So we're trying to do a variety of different things over the course of this 40-year anniversary and playing around the country. And we're going to go tour Europe in August. Oh, fun. Um, and, yeah, for that, we're going to have um, Mike Watt on bass. Oh, my God. That's fabulous. That will be fun. I and love that. Mike is fantastic. And he is a road dog. 
He's so he he's so pro. You won't have. I saw him up here. Uh, well, at Sacramento, and he had. It was so brilliant what he did. Now, now you know he plays with the Iggy or the. You know he he yeah. plays with the Stooges yeah. and he plays with everybody. Yeah. I also want to talk about you. You've really gotten into shape, and I know you've gone through some difficult stuff uh, with your father. I had heard that your dad passed. I'm terribly sorry to hear that. And um, oh, thank you. Um, Steve is from a. You had a big family always, if I remember, from San Francisco, and uh, I would imagine that the shows in L.A would be especially sweet, and also San Francisco is going to be off the hook. You know everybody's going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I want a guest list spot, so I'm going to just do Sacramento. Because <laughs> it's, you know. And um, You got it. Oh, good. And me and Monty. And uh, also some really amazing people are have loved flipper from the beginning rick rubin was one of them um and uh uh, um he had a flipper cover band called hose but let's talk about let's just mention let's throw out some girls names because the women of flipper were even more uh just amazing and i don't know if this is true i'm a little bit ticked off at tupper so i haven't spoken to him for a while but he told me even back then, that you and Ted really hated the album cover with Montgomery, the Sex Bomb Baby, and you tried to kill it. And no, I was, we didn't. That oh. was that's a complete fabrication. That's okay. a lie. All right. I, I've never even heard that before. Oh well, he he is a trip. You know, I'm not. He's not. He's on my sh when list I, right now. When I saw that album cover, I thought it was amazing. It was my idea. And I got Vicky Burnt to do the photo, and some fan that worked at Hamburger Mary's had made the shirt, and that was like the guitar, and it was like, let's do it, Bruce. And so, and we shot it at 29th Street. And then I think Tupper did the cake, but the cake thing was really good. I knew Ted the longest. I used to run into Ted on the airplanes uh, when they had $20 flights in between L.A. and San Francisco. And I remember that. Weren't they fun? I just fun? told somebody about that. Oh my I used gosh! To be able to ride, I used to be able to ride on a Pan Am seven forty seven for twenty bucks. Dude, they were standby. Yes, mid nineteen ninety five from SF to L A. Oh, they still had it then. It was midnight flights. This was like early eighties, and there and somebody told, and it got the word got out, and I just remember sitting next to Ted because they were never full and it was always freaks. And let me tell you, they would frisk you like crazy. But it was so fun uh, to because I liked going back and forth between San Francisco and L.A. I never had a yeah, problem. Yeah, you didn't have a problem. Fun. And you're there. You're now an L.A.ian. I consider you that because you've been there for so yeah. long. Oh, he right. recently... He was rock and rolling in his bed. Uh, a couple earthquakes. Oh man, we had earthquakes uh, a couple nights ago. Man, oh man, <laughs> I was. I, I thought I was Elvis, all shook up. <laughs> I liked when you said, "I'm going to be like Will and go under my covers." When he wrote Earthworm, but yeah, um, yeah it it was. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with the world, but what the world does need right now is uh, kids to go out and vote and to be politically active. I'm glad you're having all ages shows. I'm guessing Sacramento is not. I don't know, man. From town to town, some are all ages, some okay. are. I'm not really right. sure. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe they do all ages shows. Who knows? 
But I Indeed. hope I hope to see the kids because um, what I've discovered is um, in you know when I started doing radio, I was up here, I had gotten clean and so sober, and I've been on that for a long time and and I met all these kids and they were punk fans and they loved the movie Suburbia which was Penelope Spheris' film and I was in that. Right. I was one of the TR kids. That's where we first met Flea and man and it, it made me feel good like okay you know we did do something that is lasting. I know that we did okay I know that but I think for you having this experience right now um, it you know what, Steve? It's well-deserved. After all these years, after all the crap, after all the stops and starts and um, even legal issues, you know, that weren't any fun and, and people dying and leaving us, that was not fun. Um, I wish that those guys could experience this in a way. Um, and I hope I hope somehow that uh, I think it's great that Will's lyrics, you know what I'm saying? I just think he's still with us in some kind of way. You know, what's a weird thing is that he told me one time and I don't really know if this is, I mean, in a sense, I think it, it's, I think his, uh, what he told me came to fruition. Um, But he told me one time, he goes, Steve, I had a really weird dream last night. I go, really? What? He goes, I dreamt that Flipper was going to get really famous and I wasn't going to have to do anything. And I didn't do anything. Like, I wasn't doing anything. Ah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if that's like, you know, like, you know, he's gone and right. we got famous and, right. uh, you know, whatever. But, well, but he said that to me one time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, I think, to, uh, Steve, God damn it, Will, was, uh, I loved Will as a friend, and um, and we had some great adventures, I think I should write down. Um, very smart, very in tune, very, um, you know, that one hurt, that one really hurt. Um, because yeah, that was a shocker. We, when we felt, lost him. yeah, we felt he was moving on and he was going to have a baby. And that was like, they were moving out of the town. They were going to, you know, and, uh, and I just, uh, I think, you know, he, that one time I was putting up flyers, uh, one of our, during one of our active periods, I was in the, I was right on the corner of 16th and Valencia and I was putting up flyers for some show we were doing. And, uh, I was putting up flyers on the poles and whatnot. And some guy comes up to me and he goes, Hey man. And I look at him and he goes, Hey, I'm the one who got Will the heroin (gasps) that killed him. And I looked at him and I went, what the hell do you say to that? You just fucking punch him. Oops. Oops. I, you know, maybe so. Maybe that's what I should have done. I, I didn't, some I guy like, contacted me and said the same thing. And it's so weird because he, Will did call Bruce and I. We were living on 29th Street and we said, no, man, uh-uh. You know, it was not, it wasn't happening. We weren't going to go down that road with him at all. And somebody accused me of that. They said, did you and uh, Bruce kill Will? And I almost flipped. I just like was like, what the, how dare you? But I did meet a guy who said, hey, I'm the one. And I said, I wouldn't go around saying that 
because it's making my blood boil. Like I, yeah, that ain't nothing to be proud it of. It is that ain't, ain't nothing. nothing. And you know, we, me, Debbie Dub, and I forget. There's we had a little. Did you come? We had a little thing on Twin Peaks where we lit candles. But some people got clean because of that. They got clean and never used again because Will's oh, hit him good. so hard. So it, that, there were some good things out of that. And um, but but we lost like a real smart, vital person. So and speaking of the mission, uh, Steve had this like raging punk house for many, many years. <laughs> mission A. Um, does that ever come up in books or legend or uh, archives? I mean, well, oh. people talk about it. Yeah, um, our, our friend four way wrote mentioned or I think he wrote a song called Mission A. Four way um, from Bad Posture. Four Away From Bad Posture, yeah. He wrote a song called Mission A, and it was on some record that he did with one of his bands. I say stay a cult figure, because here's my line. Popularity is just the slutty cousin to prestige, and you guys are cult, cult, cult all the way. You always have been. And I've never admitted this, and maybe I should now, but um, when... I think it was 1980 or 1981. Did you guys play the whiskey with the dead the DKs? Yeah, that was probably 1979, actually. Okay, yeah, 79 or 80. Okay, so 79 get, or 80. It was really early on. Okay, so guess what? I'm the one who threw a quarter stick of dynamite off the roof because I lived across the street. And we're like, San Francisco bands, no way. And so me, El Duce, and Dream's girlfriend, Kim... And they're both dead now. And somebody had a quarter stick of dynamite and we lit it and threw it. And the whole street just went like light. And there were people out there. And it was amazing. And it was so weird later on that like Debbie brought Bruce to a Housecoat Project show. And then afterwards, he just said to me, um, I think you're the coolest person I've seen since myself. No, you're the best singer I've seen since myself. Don't ask me why I thought it was cute. Um, but uh, my point before was that I had known Ted and you before any of that happened. So, um, You know, it was interesting about that show. That was very early in Flipper's career. And um, Dead Kennedys, you know, they had, they were, they blew up real fast. Yeah. And, um they and at the time we were Jello's sort of favorite band, and that's why he brought us to LA with him. Right. And um, so we played that show at the Whiskey. Of course, it was sold out. And when we came on stage and we played our set, the entire and by the way, we did two sets that night. Wow. We did two sets: an early set and a late set. And we that I, that's my recollection anyway. But anyway, um, we um, maybe it was only one. But um, what I do remember crystal clear is that because of our style, that slow, yeah. sort of grungy, whatever style of music, everybody, all the kids, of course, were there to see DKs, right? right? All the yeah. fast, yeah, the fast, yeah. you know, the fast punk stuff, right? And so the entire audience stood there and flipped us the bird, <laughs> the, right, for, like, the first, like, three songs, right? Right. And they were just standing there. They weren't, like, throwing anything or spitting or anything, but they were standing there just flipping us the finger, right? 
And I, and as I watched and looked at a sea of people flipping us the finger, it made me, it inspired me and made me play harder and louder <laughs> and slower, and, <laughs> and slower right? And I swear, though, <clears throat> three, four songs into it, they started coming around. And, th- and then as the set went on, they started getting into it. And they started digging it. And at the end, by the end, they, they loved it, right? Yeah. And um, the manager or whoever was in charge of the show that night had given us a tab at the bar. Ooh, la, la. And, he, and he, he gave us an open tab at the bar. And I remember him saying to me, I was really nervous. He, he said to me at the beginning, right? He goes, all right, I'm giving you guys a tab. But if you do a shitty set or I don't like you or whatever... You're going to pay for it. And, <laughs> that, I wonder if that was Mario. Oh, my goodness. That's what he, that's what he said, right? Uh-huh. And, at the end, and at the end of the set, or at the end of the night, we were up in our dressing room, and he comes into the dressing room, and he hands me, uh, a, 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 you know, like a paper fucking invoice for the bar tab, right? Oh, no. And it no. was like 370 bucks or something like that. I remember it was like 350 or $79 or something, right? Yeah. And he hands it to me, and I look at it, and I go, holy shit, man. And I don't even know what we were getting paid that night, but I remember we couldn't afford the bar tab. Right. And I go, dude, I can't pay this. And he takes it, and he, and he starts laughing, and he takes it, and he tears it up. He goes, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he goes, you guys were great. Uh, them days. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That, I used to love to play the whiskey back in the day in the 80s. Oh, I love the whiskey. I love, I ran, I, because I lived right across the street. It was like my playground. And Mario, I, you know, I always tell people, I, was able to get into shows all the time because I was a young girl. I went by myself. If you want to do it, don't bring a guy with you. And if you do bring a guy, he better be in a band or somebody important. But it's best right. to know the bouncer, Paul Dancer, and Mario, the guy. And you just, I ran into Nico. I hung out with her. You know, I took her to the Zero. I took her to Okie right. Dogs. You know, it just was a really fun to see all the different bands. Yeah. It was cool. And I got to go... I don't know if you remember this happening, but I got to go and play the whiskey in 1978 with Negative Trent. Ooh. But the cool, the cool thing about it was it was a cultural exchange between the whiskey and the Mabuhai. Um, Dirk Dirksen picked four bands. And Who else did Mario, he pick? Mario, I guess, at the whiskey picked four bands. Okay. And, and, and you a, traded they, places. And on the, yeah, on the same weekend. It was like, Four bands from L.A. came up to San Francisco and vice versa on the same weekend. And it was a literal cultural exchange Ah, on the same weekend. I like that. And so the bands from San Francisco were the Nuns, the Offs. I was going to say Crime. No? No, it was the the Nuns headlined. Okay. And the Sleepers, the Nuns, the Offs, uh, uh, Negative Trend, and the Sleepers. Ah. Four, like, killer bands from San Francisco handpicked by Dirk, and uh, we all went down and played the whiskey. And that was in 1978. So fun, yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. And then um, the nuns, 
stayed at the Tropicana Hotel. Oh, I love the Tropicana. All, so many parties. Yeah. Yay. And all and we all all the bands went over there for an after party. Oh yeah. And uh, And then and you gotta eat like, at Duke's. You stay up all night. Oh yeah. And then you get some Duke's. Yeah. Yeah. I used to I used to go uh, have breakfast at Duke's yeah. um, all the time. Oh yeah. it was so fun. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, good times. I did go to, um, up to San Francisco in the 70s with uh, the Dickies and the Mau Mau's. And the, um, I remember, yeah, I, I, I just never felt that I was a part of the problem, like whatever people had issues. The last time I saw Pat Smear, he said to me, Are you still living in this shithole? And he meant Oakland. And I was like, geez, Pat, like, okay, no, actually, but, you know, okay. It it went both ways. When I moved, people were mad at me. And then, but I loved San Francisco. I loved the air, the clouds. Nobody can afford it anymore. Oh, oh God. Thinking about the rent, about how cheap it was and easy and the late nights. Remember Sweet had all the box full of transfers? Yeah. The bus transfer. Hey, hey, you want to know something about Mission A? It looks exactly the same on the outside. It hasn't changed. Does it? Wasn't there some crazy tweaker guy that moved in and thought he was Spider-Man? And did he do some? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? His his name was Gluehead. That's it. Gluehead. Yeah. Did he die or did he he live? I have no fucking idea. (laughs) Hey, we're still here. But he thought he was Spider-Man. Too much speed. He, uh, yeah. Yeah, he literally thought he was Spider-Man. He used to, um, instead of going through the front gate and the front door, uh-huh. he would climb up the wall oh and go God. up through and go in and out of his window. Ugh. So he would always wake me up in the middle of the night, you know, making all that noise, climbing yeah. up the wall, <laughs> all that. So I went into his room one night and I nailed the windows shut. I nailed him shut. Good trick. And then I remember, and then and then I heard him climb up the wall and attempt to open the windows, and he couldn't do it. So that mofo, he took the door apart to get (gasps) in the front door. Uh, He took. I don't know how he did it. But somehow he took the whole front door apart. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jeez. And I called the cops on him. And the cops, like, looked in his eyes, like, with the flashlight. Yeah, and they're like, it's nothing but pupils. The cop, yeah, nothing but pupils. And the cop went, whoa. And he leaned (laughs) back. I've never seen a cop do that before. He literally was like, whoa, man, dude. Oh, my God. You know, and he told him, he goes, the cop said to him, you're not Spider-Man. <laughs> you are not Spider-Man. He's like, go away. Do not come back here tonight. Go away. And like, oh. he left. You know, some people can survive in San Francisco. Some people, uh-uh. They just get on the wrong train. Um, but that was some fun times. Sweet lived there. Chi-Chi lived there. Michelle Rebel. Her little daughter yeah. was there. Uh, let's see. I think, didn't Connie Lou have her own place on? Over the years, a lot of people lived there. Even Ted lived there. Ted and Sherry Oh, there. yeah. Um, okay, I remember the Fillmore house. I thought they were there. Even Connie, even Connie Lou lived there for a wow. while. Yeah, well, you had the room. I mean, it was, it was really a lovely place. So much. Yeah, uh, 
room. It was pretty crazy there for a while. It Annalisa. Was Annalisa, yeah. Uh, Rachel lived there for a while, our bass player. Right, yeah. Um, so lots of people came and went out of that house. I lived there for 13 years. And uh, Sweet died. Sweet died in that house. And then after that, it was kind of like, man, you know, it became really kind of morbid after that. So yeah. I, uh, I kind of you know, made my exit after 13 years and moved to Los Angeles. Um, and I'm someone who saw the jungle studs, by the way. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Mm -hmm. I knew Tony C. And um, yeah, that album covers crazy. So the jungle studs, uh, maybe we should just explain what that was. Yes. Um, <laughs> Tony, our buddy, our buddy, Tony C. Yep had this idea for this band and he wanted to call it the jungle studs and he got the idea for the name from uh diamond dave from van halen he had um a group of guys that called themselves the jungle studs and they used to travel the world in search of adventure i guess is what they used to say i don't know you know just a bunch of guys that partied around the world you know whatever they weren't playing music they were just uh doing whatever they were doing traveling and yeah and so he heard that somewhere and he and he thought it would be a good name for a band so anyway the, uh the reason i mention all that is because um i had the opportunity oh i guess i i was dating a girl who worked for bill graham and i used to get into all the bgp shows for free and i went to go see van halen or or maybe it was david lee ross solo band one of the two play at the cow palace and so i brought a copy of that album the jungle studs album uh and i gave it to her to give to david lee roth mm -hmm. and so she did and then years later i was in new york and i was uh i was at a bar in new york and david lee roth was sitting at the bar and i went up to him and i told him the story about, you know, having seen him at whatever, the Cow Palace, and I sent somebody back there to give him a record, and he got a big grin on his face, and he remembered, and he started cracking up. He's like, yeah, man, I got that record. He's like, that was <laughs> great, man. And they're dressed in, like, jungle suits and... and... Yeah, we were dressed in loincloths, yeah. and we... With bones our friend, our, and, our like... Friend, uh, Liz Fairbarn, who was a costume designer, yeah, Pocus, uh, made these yeah. costumes for us. And you want to hear something funny? We ran down to the BART station, the subway station in downtown San Francisco, and we ran into that station to take that photo, do that photo shoot. Uh -huh. And there were these, like, poser punk rockers who were making their lit like with big spiked hair, mohawks oh, and all yeah. that. And they were ma they made their living posing with tourists. Right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And they would they would run up to tourists and pose with them and you know the tourists would give them five bucks or whatever for a photograph, right? Well when we jumped out of the car and we ran to the in those punk rock. We all of a sudden all the uh, we got all the attention, right? Ah, and we I was were, gonna we say, did, did you photos. chase them out? We were we took we took photos up on the street and we ran down into the station and took photos. It was all like guerrilla style. Anyway, I remember these punk rockers got mad at us. They were pissed off because all the tourists were like, "Whoa, who's those guys? Let's yeah. take pictures with them." Yeah. <laughs> 
they got all mad, like, who are you? Get out of here. This is our territory. This is our corner, you know? <laughs> was was so DH funny. in that band? Yeah, oh, okay. DH was in the band um, from Dead Kennedys, myself, and, uh, you know, Tony C., our buddy, and a couple other guys. Um uh, yep. it was it was a it was a band, but um, yeah, it was all for fun there was and yeah, there was bands like Flipper was the main band, but Will had a side band called A Three I. Bruce yeah. had a side band, Weasel Contingent, and right. we would you know obviously my band would open for Flipper people. That was a good spot, but the right. side bands nobody. Will and Bruce, like, nobody wanted to come see that, which is sad. They were good. But Flipper would could always draw, at least in San Francisco, and now all over. So what full circle you've come. And I couldn't be more happy. I'm really looking forward to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you still managing everything? or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Make sure you pay yourself that whatever <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't seem like i mean like dealing with uh prima donnas is a bit it can take a toll you know so oh, for sure yeah so anyway so we're also working on a documentary we started working on a documentary and um i had a meeting today with a guy we're gonna do a book uh we might do two books uh i might you know uh two different kind of books um both about flipper good and uh so we're taking the opportunity to really do it all and just get it all done. Do it before you die because somebody else will do it. I know. So do it your way. That's exactly why I'm doing this, man. Who knows how much time, you know, we don't, all of our friends are dropping. Everybody drops. I mean, like we're, I feel lucky to be this long, you know, here still. And And every day that you wake up above ground is a good day. It is. Yes, it is. And (laughs) you know, the attitude is like, okay. And I still want to have fun and be creative and all that. So, I've made yeah. a movie. I put out a book. I did all that. It, and I still want to do more. But if you need me for awesome. any guest spots for, like, history, I'm, I'll am i be happy to um, be. A, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah cool. I'll be happy awesome. to be a talking head in your movie or book or whatever. Okay. A guest. That's a guest. Great. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Cool. You know, there was a DJ at uh, KUSF. Denise Demise, actually. I remember. I know Denise. Right. And one day she said to me, I, I forgot when this was, and she said, you know, you were the first pussy to crack flipper. And I was like, what did you just say? Like, what are you talking about? And um, I still don't know what it means. <laughs> um, maybe, I, I I, up, I, maybe I got I up. Maybe I got up and saying, yeah, I don't I think singing or something i used to like to sing um the lights and the sound i thought that was that's a really beautiful song you guys guys have a lot of great songs yeah we do well it's it all sounds good i hope um i hope uh uh you know alan was up here a couple last summer and he said oh uh bruce had been calling him wanting to know if, if they were touring and he said i think steve is not well and i said oh no what's happening and um so I was not sure what was going on with you or anything. And uh, next thing I know, you guys are putting, <laughs> you're touring. So you're you're not not well. You're well. You're quite well. So, I was not well, but I'm well now. Oh, good. Oh, good. And how's Ted's health? 
Um, he's good, man. Him and uh, Keith from the Rolling Stones are going to outlive all of us. Well, you know, isn't that the cosmic joke that Keith is still here? <laughs> and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. when Ted had no teeth. Oops, I shouldn't oh, wow. say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Ted is amazing. Uh, Uncle Ted, you know, he really helped me with, uh, with Montgomery when I was, uh, being a single mom in Oakland and, uh, he would pick him up from school and, uh, he made a potato stamp. He taught Montgomery how to make a potato stamp and guess what it was? What? A flipper fish. Of course. <laughs> Best graffiti ever. Okay, sweetie. Well, we've been yeah, we've been we've been talking. I could talk how, how to you. How long have you been doing this radio show? Since um, I've been on the air twelve years consecutively. I've been at the wow, station. Wow, man! Congratulations. Thank you. I'm a four-time award winner. I got Rookie of the Year. Um, I got Out of the Box, Excellence in Programming. I got the High Priestess of Podcasting. And then I got um, Out of the Box, then like Night Owl or something. But the the podcasting is my specialty. I started that in 2010. And my first guest was Monty Cazaza, who had a new record. And then I did Vale. I did Paul Rossler, Don Bowles. I did all my friends. And what I didn't realize was like oh I have the show that's middle of the night and it was really cool because I got to I befriended a lot of these young kids up here who are outsider artists so I I've done it consecutively and in between that I've released solo CDs I've released stuff with St Steve Tupper that got the ball dropped in 1989 that came out I've put out uh some vinyl electronic stuff. I went to Berlin and played. I made a movie. I finally I made a movie to put my song to. Um, I've worked with and collaborated with some really extremely talented young people. I'm talking like 25. Yeah, they're geniuses and they're um, they're very cool. I really like all the not baggage stuff. <laughs> As far as, you know, collaborating. And then I really like a lot of our friends, our old friends. Um, I've tried to play with some of them. And um, some lie. They still have drug issues. I have no time for any of that. I, I You know, and I feel like my time is my most precious commodity. So please don't waste it. And, um, yeah. And uh, we, I would love for you guys to play up here. You would have a real, um, real doozy. Jello Jello comes up here. John Doe comes Where's, up here. Where do you play up there? Oh, there's there's um there's a bunch of places. There's the Miners Foundry. Deborah Ayal was up here. Anybody then they usually kinda look me up and uh actually when Jello came over after a show he said, Why did those guys hate me? And I said, Who? And he's like, Bruce and Will. And I said, Because they told me everywhere they went. People said, oh, Jello told us about you. And he goes, why is that a bad thing? And I said, don't ask me. I, I don't know. They just. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I, I know, man. It's like <laughs> I've been telling people this story recently. Um, you know, it's uh, we did that. Jello was. He was like, like the said, ambassador uh, of Flipper in, in the yeah, rest well, of the world. Well, the, the dead Kennedys got got popular really fast yeah that's and, the uh, highest selling subterranean release was that single the nazi punks right and so um yeah i mean i love i 
always give credit to Jello, and I'm a pre- me personally, yeah. I'm appreciative of it. <clears throat> he talked about Flipper when Dead Kennedys went on their first national tour yeah. in the U.S. Uh, uh, Jello talked about Flipper on radio stations and to the press. You know, when they would ask him, well, you know, who do you else? like? You know, Who's, your, you, favorite Who's your favorite band? Yeah. yeah, who do you like? Whatever. He would say Flipper. Yeah. So then when Flipper uh, eventually went out on a U.S. tour, uh, complete full U.S. tour around the country, our shows were packed. Um, I think at the time we had, you know, Sex Bomb, the single was out. Yeah. Um, so there was that. But then there was also Jello having talked about us. And, um, you know, people, there were, our, our shows were mostly, you know, they were full, you know? Yeah. So Je- Will and Bruce, right? I say this to people as well. I said this to Henry Rollins. I say this to people, those two guys will, I mean, Ted also, but Will and Bruce were punk rock to the bone. Oh yeah. Them guys, they didn't give a rat's ass Who about you were. any kind I know. of success. <laughs> no, they didn't care about yeah. success or people right. coming or right. anything like that. Yeah. They cared nothing about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I recall, I mean, they slammed a lot of doors. Oh Twitter. yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I recall, um, in 19, about 1980 or 81, we played the Dance Satiria in New York. Wait, right? is this is when um, Rick Rubin was backstage and Bruce threw him out? This No, that was a different time. Okay. The first time, the, the, I mean, the first time literally slamming the door on something. Um, this was like 1980 or 81. It was really, it was in the very early 80s. 80 or 81, we got to go play. This was before Flipper toured. We got a call, and it was a, one, it was a one-off show. Uh, we got offered a show at Danceteria. We flew out to Dance to New York, and we actually added a secret show the night before our Danceteria show, and we couldn't promote it, and we couldn't do it as Flipper. Was it at we the Pyramid? The mud, oh, no, okay. we played the Mud Club. All we right. did the Mud Club. And that night... Rick Rubin's band Hose was the opening act for Flipper. And I met uh, the Beastie Boys at that show also. And at that time, they were just doing their punk band thing. Right. And um, I didn't even know who they were. I mean, nobody knew who they were. Uh, this was, like I said, man, like 1980 I right. think, or 81, maybe. Anyway, I met the, the, the Beastie Boy kids out in front of the show, and I really took a liking to them. Yeah. And we talked and shot the shit for like an hour. And they said they couldn't get into the show. They were too young. Yeah. And so we, I got Ted and, and uh, I think I got the whole band. I think I got Ted, Bruce, and Will. And I said, hey, we got to get these kids into the show. So we surrounded the kids and, like, bum-rushed the door and got them <laughs> in. And Rick Rubin's band, Hose, was playing. Right. And it's, he was trying to sound just like Flipper, right. and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was I was offended. Yeah, <laughs> you know it wasn't like oh wow, you know great. Right. I was like I threw a beer at him. Yeah, and I, I well hit him them were the times I would have done the yeah. same. But anyway, yeah. and then I remember going backstage and going, dude, there. I, like Will and Bruce and Ted were sitting in the dressing room, like. There's this band out there and they're playing flipper songs, man. Right. Fuck that. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, then the next night we played Danceteria and we were sitting in our dressing room and there was a knock on the door. 
and the door opens and these this guy and this girl come in and one of them was like holding a clipboard i think they had a release form on the clipboard and they came in and they wanted to know if they could videotape our show mm. and they go hi we're from this brand new thing called MTV. Television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we want to know if we could videotape your show. Right. And Will, Will Had a fit. goes, yeah. fuck you. Get the fuck out of yep. here. I'm tucking ain't going to get ripped off by you, motherfucker. And like, right. kicked him out of the fuck. And this was back when MTV was playing anything and right. everything, right? right? Like, brand new thing at the very beginning of it. Anyway. Well, he also, he also, you know, Penelope Spheris wanted Sex Bomb for um, the well, the movie, I and then that. and then and Will was always so proud of the fact he taped the conversation, and he said, uh-huh. "So what's the movie about?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, a little violence, a little this, a little that." And it, it was a scene where a woman, and it was based on a true story. It really happened at a Black Flag show, and I think it was at the Starwood. But some stripper type chick went in there and got you know they tore clothes out it's bad and will's like we're not gonna do anything flipper's not gonna play music that's that that is detrimental to women yeah i was i was in the conversation oh okay Okay. yeah so i we asked like okay what's the scene and how are you going to use our song and blah blah they wanted us to be up on stage right well they ended up using somebody else yeah tsol or di or somebody right, right so what they what she said to us was here's the scene there's going to be like a secretary type chick in the crowd uh the crowd's going to rip her clothes off and throw her panties up on stage and right. you're going to take and to will they go you're going to take her panties and put them on your head oh my god and, and the chick what? and the chick is going to yeah and Ugh. the chick is going to get raped in the <gasps> in the in the audience Ugh. and because she was, she said, "There's got to be sex and there's got to be violence." Right. And so um, I go, "Well, look, how about if we change it up? Why don't you know?" Because I was thinking back to the days at the Mab when, you know, there were people like having sex in the bathroom. Oh yeah. And, you know, remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. That the was before the so, hardcore. Yeah, that was fun so times. I said, I also, said that her, in those go, days, the girls would beat you up. I mean, nobody yeah, was going to so be. I, I said to Penelope, "If you, okay, we could have sex. Why don't we just show, like, cut to somebody, you know, a couple having sex in the stall or something right. while we're playing Sex Bomb? And Will was like, I'm not going to have Sex Bomb be a theme to rape or a soundtrack to rape. Yeah, and makes sense. So anyway, they just, they, you know, they refused. Her and her producer were standing there talking. Bert Sugarman. And they said, we're not going to change it. And we go, okay, well, then we're walking. So right. we walk. Yeah. And, uh, and know, then they got somebody else. Yeah. But so, um, I did, the, you were talking about a second ago, you mentioned Bruce slamming the door on Rick Rubin. Yeah. That was in, a, in like, uh, that was when we played with Bad Brains and Gang Green at um, Rock Hotel in New York. Mm. It was a killer show. It was like this amazing show. And... Um, this was probably around 1985 or something, 86 maybe. Um, the Beastie Boys were big by that point, 86. It was like when License to Ill came out, mm. and they were huge. And mm. Rick Rubin and the Beastie Boys were in L.A. doing a TV show, mm-hmm. and 
they flew to New York and came directly to our show. And Rick knocked on the dressing room door, and I and I was standing right next to Bruce. Bruce was uh, sitting on this, like you know, like a vanity table type mm-hmm. of thing. And he reached down. He was right next to the door. He reached down, opened up the door. <laughs> there was Rick, and Bruce goes. Oh, it's you. And he slammed the door. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what people don't get. I was sitting sitting next to Bruce on that vanity table, and Mm -hmm. I jumped off the table, opened the door, grabbed Rick, brought him in, and we went to the back room and... And uh, anyway. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you. I I did come to see y'all at... um, at the, uh, uh, what's that thing way on mission? It's, uh, gosh darn it, I've played it. I can't, uh, uh, the rub room. It's like past 20, it's past. Uh, uh, okay, I remember. Cesar Chavez. Rio, Rio. El Rio. El Rio. So I went and it was fun and, and I was like blown away because Flipper was in tune. Ted was in tune. He was like tuning the whole time. Yeah, he tunes his guitar after every song. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like a lot of the bands, everybody grew up a little bit, and um, and it's cool. It's good. It's really good. You're still doing it, and I hope there's more of those moments with the like the kid. I think that's very inspiring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be um, floating on that one for a while. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, and all the fans just loving it. Yeah. Um it's it's been really great. Cool. Well, yeah, get me on the list or whatever, and I'll see sure. you guys there. So we'll, see, uh, we'll see you Friday night. In I'll see you Friday night. And it's kind of hot up here, so is it? Yeah, you know, Sacramento is ten degrees hotter than it is here. And then we'll talk. Yeah. It would be. I would love to bring you guys here. I think it would be an awesome show. Cool. Maybe we can do it sometime. And it's kind of like a vacay, you know? It's a vacation because right. it's the mountains right. and it's uh, it's really interesting. So, right. something to think about. Cool, man. All right, All sweetie. Right. Well, I love so you much, lots. Mary. Yeah. All right, honey. We'll okay. see you th- uh, Friday night. Okay. Can't wait. Bye. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye.